Oh, this episode of Cinema Swirl is brought to you with the support of our wonderful backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. I'm going to give you a quick rundown of what we've got coming up on Cinema Swirl, a monthly exclusive bonus show only on the Patreon for $5 OTP backers. In July, Kevin and I will be reviewing Howard the Duck. This is one that people have been clamoring for and we finally did it. It's a very fun episode and it's coming very soon. Some details of our August choice will be coming up in this very episode, so keep your ears peeled. There's over 30 full podcast episodes up there at the moment, including the Star Wars prequels. If you want more information, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Right, let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl! This cruise ship's looking a bit freighty. It's episode number 80, coming to you from the harbour of Hollywood, California. Walking around and inquiring about the whereabouts of sailors, brackets famous movies that my OTP Sam has never seen. It's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin, coming through Hollywood, looking for some martial arts action. We're in the gallery of martial arts today, because for the first time ever, we had two Hollywood hotshots. Well, one of them's from Moscow now, but they were going head to head in a fight to the death over at Facebook.com forward slash Cinema Swirl Sam. It's a whole new ball game. Things are changing. We're switching it up, all right? Four films in the vote. What the fuck, what? guys? Whoa, things are changing. This is high octane. This is action, all right? We've never done this before. Little did you know when you were clamoring for that dislike button on Facebook that we'd be taking it and doing all sorts with it. <laughs> we decided, given that this is a kind of action fighty martial artsy zone, that we've got two actors fighting each other in the vote. Right, we've got two films from each. We had Steven Seagal, we had Jean-Claude Van Damme. Van Damme, ultimately victorious. I like the idea that they both had their big kind of, you know, their main, you know, they had their main movie. You know, mm-hmm. it really was a battle between Under Siege and Bloodsport. Yes. Let's be honest here. For, but they had their seconds, didn't they? We had the second of Time Cop there lurking in the background, oh. like 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 one of them wrongins from Slytherin. And it turned out to be an abysmal affair for Mr. Seagal. And little did he know because the communications between Sim and the Swirl and Russia are so poor right now it's all yep. ice our relationship with Vlad and the gang pretty much that he doesn't even know that as a result there's a forfeit for him losing this fight brackets vote yes he will end up on Cinema Swill in ah. the month of August we're going to find a selection of really trashy shit <laughs> Stephen Seagal <laughs> oh no how will we ever manage to find that and I like it's a fit and punishment as well that it's not as if you're going to get some sort of a great coordinated synergistic release where it's like yeah you can go over now guys and check out the Steven Seagal episode no 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 wait like a month <laughs> then we'll do it when there's no appetite for it whatsoever if we were smarter about this we would have figured out the timing so this would have worked nicely and it would have literally been like a week after release you'd have been able to go over but no in August in a hot sunny month Steven Seagal's gonna be on Stinky Cinema Swell which is it's a good show but the film 
films stink. All right, that's yeah, what I'm sorry, saying. Mr. Seagal, but this seat has been reserved for Howard the Duck, which will be taking <laughs> us through this next month over on the Patreon. So we can't rush these things. So we will be seeing Seagal, and mm-hmm. maybe perhaps in the future we will do some more of these showdown-style votes when we have to pick between two people who essentially do the exact same thing. I don't mind it as a format. I really quite liked it. You know, it's nice to mix things up to change things around. It was nice for there to be a bit of hostility on the socials, with there being absolutely no repercussions for you or I whatsoever. It was refreshing. Exactly. When the hostility is against someone else, I'm all for it. Also, interestingly, I remembered that Jean-Claude, he has been on Cinema Swill. So he has in Street Fighter. I was going to ask you, what were your memories of the all-American boy? All-American boy, Jean-Claude Van Damme from one of our our early swills in Street Fighter. So I don't know whether this is insulting or praise for Mr. Van Damme, but I can't really remember his performance at all, really. It just kind of... I think it was fine, because I don't think it was so (laughs) awful that I was like, I hate... It would have stuck in my mind properly. I'm pretty sure you saved the movie. Movie. You didn't like flush it or anything no, like that. It, was, it, it didn't right endear itself to you, like, you know. It was fine. Yeah. So I, I've seen a bit of him, but I don't think I've seen him at his very best of Van Damme. <laughs> I was going to say best of British, but that's not <laughs> what it is. I mean, in fairness, he's, he might as well be best of British considering he was trying to pull off American when he was in Street Fire. I was mm. going to ask you, do you remember from whereest he hails? Van Damme. There's a handy rhyme with Van Damme that will help you remember where he hails from. Jean- Jean-Claude Van Damme comes from Nottingham. Uh, no, um... <laughs> Move over, Robin Hood. There's a new sponsor for Hooters of Nottingham. <laughs> He's the Brussels from Muscles. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, 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 yes. And if you, like me, have ever had the combination of Brussels sprouts and mussels, mm. not good... Mmm. To something about Lincolnshire veg and shellfish that just don't marry together very well indeed. No. Now, obviously today we're going to be looking at Bloodsport, mm. which for me is a classic sought because my brother's friends brought it over when they were teenagers and I was ah. a wee lad being exposed to the red ratings for the first time. No, not the pale pink rating with a red 12. I'm talking the red ratings, the 15s, the 18s. Oh, Full yeah. Full red. Proper red, Full mate. red. Yeah, And, yeah. you know, Bloodsport, I mean, the, the clue's in the name, but I was going to ask you, what, if anything, you know about this preeminent Jean-Claude Van Damme joint? Well, very excitingly, I do like when this happens on cinema as well. I basically know fuck all about it, other than, I'm guessing martial arts, I've seen the poster, so... What's I, the poster? What's the poster? He's kicking. I think he's kicking. He's do- oh, he loves... That's yeah. his favourite, that one, like. I think there's some of that karate kicking that I've heard mm. so much about. Yeah, some of that. Other than that, blood, blood sport. Blood. I mean, are you expecting something along the lines of the Cry Kids? We've you know, we've had martial arts on this show before. I mean, yeah. what type of a sport are we out that's going to involve martial arts kick? Karate kicks, as you've called them. Can't wait to get tweets about that. Send it to my DMs at two in the morning, please. Those are the best ones. Thank you for the corrections there. But yeah, what what type of a sport are we going to experience here? If we don't take a step into a dojo, I'm going to feel shortchanged. I'll tell you that for nothing. If there's no dojo, then this is a no-go for me because I wanted dojo. There's going to be some sort of training scent. This is martial arts, right? He's going to yeah, train. You've, you've got that dojo FOMO again, haven't you? I've warned <laughs> you about that. It's, it's a fucking con. <laughs> Maybe there'll be some slow-mo in this film as well. Who know? <laughs> 
Mino. Okay. <laughs> Bojo Fomo Bono better go investigo, says the Daily Melo. I, look, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm guessing martial arts, he's... Uh, what's he going to be doing? He's going to be a goodie or a baddie. He's the goodie, surely. You reckon? He's a, a handsome fella. I'm guessing this was... Handsome? In... Yeah. You yeah, know. I think I'd agree. He's handsome. Yeah. He's got beautiful eyes, says JCVD, and I don't think that is a spoiler for this movie. He's got 80s leading man written all over him. He's got 80s kind eyes, is what mm. he has. Yeah. So uh, he's going to be the goodie. He's going to be on the good side. Now, I know you don't have much memory mm. from Street Fighter. Street Fighter would have come out probably around, yeah, I don't know, between five to ten years after this one. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering how you figured him as a leading man, because obviously quite an ensemble cast. It's, oh, we could all go to Hollywood if we had Blanca and Raul Julia backing us up, and, oh, who's that there? I'm about to stumble. It's Kylie Minogue. Come to fucking save the day. But, you know, on his own, leading man, what do you think you, you're going to get? from jc vd in this one in terms of like acting performance for just regular old dialogue yeah i seem to remember it was a little bit bland perhaps would you require subtitles to be on i mean house reels i'll always have subtitles on here yeah i've I've even experimented with closed captions on youtube recently Uh, steady on mate steady on i can't get enough subtitles i I want more even the ones that don't make sense the auto-generated youtube ones where it's like (laughs) you start watching a korean cooking channel before you know it you're living your life by what an ai says you're watching you know it's just the way it is but I don't know if he has the same issue that Arnie has where you've got such a muscly, strong, physically present person that the dialogue, the chatting, the talking, the acting has to kind of take a back seat in order to have that physique up front. (laughs) It's a physique first movie is what you're saying. I think we might be going physique first. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily because that implies to me, if I think this might be physique first, which implies to me we're just getting heavy on the action, minimal on the actual what's going on like a few people chatting about oh he's got to go here and do this but i want to see some kicking some of those have you ever found yourself in any of our reviews or any of the movies we've reviewed Hmm. have you ever found yourself going oh would you just get to the fucking kicking already or or punching as it may be in the case of a rocky for instance look i'm pretty sure i've probably contradicted myself many times over on cinema swell by saying i want action or by saying there's too much action i want some talking so i don't know but there have been times where we've watched films that are ostensibly action fests and they're mm. bogged down by... I, mean, I don't know if we've done them on cinema as well. I'm sure we have. But in general, I've seen films where I do want them to sort of cut to the chase a little bit. And, mm. you know, if the dialogue and the written scripty bits are just not up to snuff, then keep them brief, you know? Keep them brief. And I worry with JC VD on DVD here on... <laughs> So yes. we've been to the we've been to the JCVD shop. You can't point the finger at us on this one, okay? But I'm hoping we're going physique first, and we're just going to have a romp, like a fun time action fest. I hope. It seems you have no idea what blood sport will entail. Nothing. I want you to pitch me a movie starring John Claude Van Damme, titled Blood Sport, with a premise that you feel could fit both the title and the lead. Okay. We're in an elevator, right? It's pitch time. All right. Bloodsport, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme stars as the owner of a sports warehouse. (laughs) (laughs) Who gets... That's some nice giant mugs you got here, JCVD. Be a shame if someone was to hurl them against the wall. Well, quite right. He's getting hustled by some local organised crime members 
who are trying to, you know, get him to pay for security and things like that. Oh, He's I been... going to say, like, get him, get him to pay the people in the warehouse <laughs> a fair wage. This has become very, 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 very paper thin now, this premise. Like, it's just having a pop at yeah. well-known shitty businesses. Jean-Claude Mike Ashley. So he, he's, get, he's getting hustled and he decides, well, you know what? I'm going to fight back. Because he's like not really a, a sporty guy, but he just owns the sports warehouse, right? He's in this big box store. So he decides, oh, sorry, the elevator's here at, uh, at uh, level five. You've got to get off. Sorry, no, yeah. no, stay in, stay in. Let's go back down. Um, oh, no, he I've decides, done a smelly fart, Sorry. <laughs> He's going to use his sports equipment, right, to train up in various different disciplines, including football. Why not? To draw blood from these criminals who are shaking him down and ruining his business. Thus, blood sport. Ah, I see. You know what? I reckon you could go around to anyone watching the Euro Soccer Championships right about now and you mm. go, you know what? I think soccer's a blood sport. And you probably get them agreeing with you. Yeah. yeah. The way the game's going nowadays, mate. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> don't, know. don't know what it means, but, you know. Well, before we delve into the sports store adventure, which will feature, no doubt, many punching bags, mm. let's punch our ticket into the mailbag. Welcome to the mailbag. Thank you for joining us here on the mailbag. Hey, if you've got any mail for the mailbag, and send that mail on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Now, Kevin, I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, not again. For the vote, we changed things up, right? And I've been having a little feeling about the mailbag. In terms of mail that's been coming in, we're a little bit thin on the ground recently, okay? Oh, really? Look, we had some heady days with the email address where stuff was coming in and I was just leaving things out. I was thinking, oh, we'll come back to that later. That's fine. But not so much these days, all right? And I'm wondering, I'm wondering, Kevin, if it's time that maybe the mailbag is not a necessary feature every single time, you know? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Sure, it's been in every episode apart from episode one. But, you know, maybe we should think we do the mailbag when the mailbag is full of mail. Right. I mean, you don't mean the guy who's bringing his bag to every fucking party now. You know, you can leave us at home sometimes. I'm out here searching for mail. I'm chasing the mail. Do I want to be chasing mail? Maybe. Do I want to be chasing mail? I don't know. You either spend long enough chasing that mail or you end up pissing on that mail. That's the way my life experience, my lived experience, my lived truth. That's what I would say. So I think if this is meant to be just the case, the mailbag's not going away. No, no, no. But we're not necessarily going to take it out every single Mm. time. Special occasion bag. We'll take out the mailbag when there's mail to read from the mailbag is what I'm saying. All right? That's what I'm thinking. I, look, I don't know. And do I hope that this is a kind of reverse psychology thing for me to put out there that people will think, oh, let's send Sam some more mail so we can read things on the mailbag because he likes doing the mailbag. And honestly, some of those questions that came in before that I didn't pick out for the mailbag, they were good. And if you're embarrassed to send them in again, don't be. Do it. But if that's what it seems like, then so be it. But I'm so, this is not a threat this is just i'm just putting it out there maybe the mailbag might not be on every episode you know? is this your long way of saying that there's no mail today because if you know if there is some mail i'd like to get through it now and okay. savor it i'll tell you what this is not what i've realized it sounds like i'm doing is i'm sort of making space for more pepsi swirl which is not what i'm doing although oh, jesus uh... don't now i'm going to do my plea no no just no okay all right 
And years home, no, right? Not, no, not don't send mail. No to not sending mail and leaving a vacuum that's going to be filled up with fizzy fucking nightmares, yeah. all right? I can't be having it. If no emails come in, then you're risking having Pepsi swirl on every episode. That's what you're risking, all right? <laughs> I shouldn't say that because they're fine. You, you're going to be drinking a lot more Pepsi is what's going to happen then, Sam. And don't send Pepsi in the mail. That's not what he's saying. You All could, right, Don't though. be funny. You could. Now, we have had some mail, and I don't want to be down on people's mail that they've sent in. The, the mail is always great quality. I'm just saying, you know, the quantity. It, he's raising. Our first okay. mail here comes in from the socials. It comes in from Twitter, and that's fine. This is from James, and we've got two Jameses in our mailbag today. James writes... Who is your least favourite director? Simple question straight to the point. Who is your least favourite director? Oh, jeez, I don't know if I have a least favourite director. Yeah. Honestly, I've never pretended, and there's 80 episodes of this podcast that can attest to the fact, I'm not one of those film fans. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm not one for knowing the names of people, all right? If I'm not going to know the names of most of the actors, what do you mean think I'm going to know the names of some fucking nobody behind the camera? <laughs> I have favourite directors, and yeah. if someone tell me that someone has made something, you know, they've made something previously good, yay, that's good for me. But, mm. like, there's countless examples of shit movies where the director has went off and made loads of other great stuff. I honestly, it's the height of snobbery to have a least favourite director. There, Ooh. I've said it. Okay. With that in mind, my least favourite... <laughs> And look, but the obvious answer is you're going to go, oh, how about like Uwe Boll or like your man who does all the Resident Evil movies? Yeah. Well, like, you know, it doesn't affect me, does it? I've not had to watch any of those movies yet. No. But like, we've done a lot of, a lot of crap on Cinema Swill. And a lot of that crap has been from directors who've done movies that we've loved over on Cinema Swirl as well. Yeah. You know? And I think that oftentimes the stink of a director, I mean, yeah, director can ruin a movie and all that jazz, but. I don't know. I feel like there's not much of a rogues gallery of fucking directors, really. I don't think so. No. Now, my two thought processes here were as follows. One, I was just frantically then trying to Google, because James didn't specify film director, so I was trying to Google directors of businesses that I didn't like, but it was hard to actually (laughs) find... Well, from the bit earlier, you'd know what we think about that certain sports franchise now, now. Well, there we go. But I, I couldn't find a funny enough answer quick enough, so I don't have that ready to go. But you've got the ingredients there at home, so you can cook your own joke. <laughs> Uh, my other thought process when I saw this question was, I sort of think, if a director has done enough that you are curious about who directed the film, or has done enough that they have a recognisable style, or that you want to see more of what they've done, or less of what they've done, then I think that's something, isn't it? That's worthwhile. That's like an oh, interesting yeah. thing. Um, but then, so I was going to say, like, and if a director hasn't done enough in the film, doesn't feel authored, that you don't really care about who the director is, that then they're the bad directors. But I don't think that's true either. I think the director can absolutely get out of the way of a film and you can still have a good time and you cannot, it doesn't feel directed. So I don't, I don't, I don't have a least favourite director. It's, a, it's an interesting question. The way I view is this is that, yeah, you and I don't have a least favourite director, but that means that if we ever decided to do some sort of a postgraduate degree in film, we'd have something to talk about, wouldn't we? <laughs> 
Absolutely. Favourite director is much easier than least favourite director, which is interesting. You know, I, I don't necessarily hate any directors. You've you got your Snyders and your Michael Bays and your things like that, but I don't hate them. They're not my least favourite. Yeah, but like, you know, come on. I'm a human being, not a fucking stream of social media consciousness. Like, yeah, people get upset about fucking Zack Snyder, but I've watched a Zack Snyder movie or two back in the day that I really enjoyed. You know, Dawn of the Dead remake. A good runny time. Oh, and there's, by the way, there's obviously some directors who are pieces of shit and fuck that. Um, but like that, that's a different yeah. question. Like, it's that's, a different question. That's not what Again, we're about. let's save it for film studies. All right. Thank you, James, for that question, though. Sorry we didn't give you a proper answer, but it, we, we don't know. Another James, yet another James, has written in, have you been back to the cinema since they reopened? What new movies are you looking forward to seeing this year? And James highly recommends Nobody, the film starring Bob Odenkirk. Now, I have been back to the cinema since they reopened. Have you, Kevin? I have. Yes, I have. I've actually been back twice whoa i've only been back once what did you go to see so i think we've seen the same film i think we've seen a quiet place part two ah yeah no i I did see a quiet place part two solely because i thought well the first time i saw a quiet place Mm. me and joe the intern we went to see it like early in the morning in the cinema it was like 10 or 11 and the cinema was absolutely empty and i think that was great like it really was the experience of the movie as it was meant to be yes and i thought it was really good because a quiet place 2 has come out now in a world where no really feels great about going to the cinema mm. and like I thought oh well no the problem is oh, Quiet Place 2 people really love the first one and they're probably yeah. all going to come back to the cinema now to see it but then I don't know if you saw it was very very smart little bit of viral marketing they did this thing where John Krasinski started showing up at all the screenings unannounced Right. And like aggressively taking selfies with people wearing a really tight t-shirt and looking like a fucking freak. And uh yeah, that was good because when I went to see the cinema, then everyone obviously at home for fear of this fucking weirdo should have <laughs> got some good news, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was good because we again were the only ones in the cinema. So yeah. I thought that was really, really good, you know. There's been a silence in cinemas for around 15 months, which mm. John did his own little thing to maintain that. Yes. I actually last night I went to see to see another movie. Yeah. And I went to see Nobody starring Bob Odenkirk. Oh, so you have seen Nobody. Yeah, yeah. And, the only reason I, I really went to see it is I thought, well, I want to see big dumb action movie. Mm. And also I wanted to support Bobby O in the big cinema debut. So that was kind of really it. And how was it? It was good. It was really yeah. good. But I will say while I was there, I was thinking, you know, I probably didn't need to be in the cinema to see this. No. And that is a huge issue I think a lot of people are going to come into because yeah. I love movies outside of having to do it for a podcast. I like to watch movies recreationally all the time. Mm-hmm. Having 15 months at home with several birthdays and all that in between and having to spend Christmas, you know, not going home for the first time in my life. Yeah. There's been a lot of movie watching at home. We've done a lot of things to enhance the movie experience. Yes. We've had blanket fort cinema. We've had special menus that we've done of special meals to have with particular movies that we're going to watch. All this stuff that we've been doing to try and enhance the home theatre experience, mm. which has worked so well that I'm sitting going, Hollywood's gotten two kind of good faith returns to the cinema from me. Yes. Well, I feel like I'm not going to be going to the cinema in three months' time somehow. I feel like that, regardless of restrictions. It's an interesting one because also how things have changed with technology and how films are released. You know, you get your Disney Plus day and date releases where it's coming out yeah. on streaming services at the same time. That varies. But like Marvel movies, I love a Marvel movie, but yeah. like, I just as soon watch it at home, you know? Yeah. I don't love it so much that I'm going to be there on opening night or anything or think that, oh, I have to see it on the big, big screen. Ah! 
I did like being back at the cinema though, and it was nice it was. to support cinemas. But it's a complicated thing. Now, me seeing a Quiet Place Part Two when I saw the first Quiet Place, I think I might have told this story already, but I went with some people from work, and we snuck a bottle of wine into the film. I sat near the back and within the first five minutes of the film I had a little glug of wine and it went down the wrong hole and I needed to cough so badly for the whole of that fucking film which is a film where you you think oh I'll just cough during a loud bit there were very few loud bits in A Quiet Place which I should have seen coming that was a horrible cinema experience I hated it my throat hurt the whole time horrible epiglottal cough Uh, the worst one so watching the second one in the cinema was my chance at redemption and to have a nice time watching A Quiet Place which I did and it was very good and your man didn't show up John Krasinski with his fucking positivity and all that shit did he? if he did we didn't see him so we managed to avoid him thankfully just be careful look if you are going to the cinema just be careful have a check around he could be there I was in the bathroom and I was thinking alright now two steps ahead so I I just held it in the whole time I didn't piss didn't give him the satisfaction (laughs) so thank you very much James for that question we have been back to the cinema and it's been nice hey why don't you let us know what your cinema return experiences have been like yeah, yeah. that'd be interesting to know because like I feel like I've become cynical in some respects in that I obviously like I've been getting such a kick out of going we went to Costa the other day <gasps> oh my god I yeah. know and I was like get some fucking pastries and shit for the guys you know I was just getting some bits <laughs> and bobs from fucking Costa like I'm a tourist or something but I'm not gonna lie like that this is all kind of good faith and like you don't have something you're massive not that into for 15 or so months and it's kind of hard to go back and I feel mm. like I don't think it's there's a, a good faith kind of alignment of values between Hollywood movies coming out and all the big companies and also the people who are running cinemas I feel yeah. like everyone is kind of looking over each other's shoulder thinking mm, I don't think this is how it's going to be like that you know I, we're chatting there the Sopranos movie that's coming out yeah. you know yeah. on streaming but for like a limit is it for like a month and then it's not going to be available street make your fucking mind like what's that yeah. oh you can watch Cruella at home but give us 20 quid what's that like you clearly just want people to sit at home and watch your movies but this is like some sort of like a what deterrent to do the thing that you think you really want to do it just feels like it's not cohesive or clear no one's happy with this at the moment and no. I do think cinemas are going to suffer I worry about big chains more than the art house cinemas I think they'll probably come out of this on the plus side but that being Fingers said crossed, yeah. you know, my first thought was not to go to an Odeon or review I thought oh I'll go to one of the local kind of art house cinemas in Manchester and all the stuff that was on it was stuff like Mank and they had Nomadland and they had The Sound of Metal now these are all movies not blockbusters these are all movies that were like Oscar fodder Mm -hmm. but they've come out now for free like I didn't have to pay extra I just happened to have Amazon Prime so I could watch half of those movies or Disney Plus or whatever it may be and I feel like I'm not going to probably go out to the cinema and support a smaller place now to go and see a movie that really doesn't need to be seen on like oh man you gotta see Mank on the big screen or else you're yeah like it's been there on my telly and I've still not gotten around to watching it so I don't know if I'd want to go you know I feel like there's a lot of movies like that are gonna not get a theatrical release anymore when is the difference between something like the Cruella thing and how Disney have been doing it where I have to pay like 20 quid to watch it at home versus you know 10 15 quid to watch it in a cinema then I'm tempted towards the cinema when it's like I'm paying for a streaming service and it's there 
it's going to take something to bring you out to the cinema, you know? The notion of value is wreaking havoc on movies at the moment. It's all over the fucking place. And that's kind of understandable because no one knows what they're doing. But yeah, it's made the whole thought process a lot more complicated. And I don't know about you, I lay awake at night thinking about this, that somehow in the period of time that has happened with all this pandemic business, yeah. that there's going to be an inevitable backlog of nothing was being produced. So there's going to be a drought. I don't know if we're in the drought now or stuff has been held back purposefully to make it seem like there's a drought but I gotta think there's gonna be some point where the fact that we weren't making movies in you know July 2020 is gonna yeah. catch up with us in December 2021 I think that's definitely happened with video games but I think with movies what we've got is we've got the ones that were being produced before the pandemic and were supposed to be released during the pandemic they've all been saved up for ages so they're mm. gonna be spread out nicely over the place where the kind of missing bit where there was nothing produced would be I think they'll fill that gap I don't think there's going to be like a sudden oh there's no movies coming out but maybe there's some stuff that's fallen through the cracks though Bill and Ted 3 I feel like that is like so sad like if there was one I could have seen in the cinema I would have seen that but I just didn't feel safe at the time so you know And now that can't have another run, really. Nah, it's had its time, technically. Lost its moment, yeah, which is a real shame. But anyway, in answer to your question, we have been back to the cinema and it was good, but it's a complicated thing still at this point. I went to go and see a Hollywood blockbuster and all I got was food for thought. Think of, what the heck? No way I was anticipating that. And that's food for thought at cinema prices. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Food asterisk for thought. So thank you very much for your questions. If you've got more questions, then as always, please do send them in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Well, Sam, it's now time to get ready. It's time to head over to Muscles and have a dish of Brussels. It's time to go do a cinema swirl. Sam, initial gut reaction to the full contact film known only as Bloodsport. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm leaving it at that. Yeah. All right. Thanks. So we'll see you next time, guys, on <laughs> Cinema Swirl. Don't forget, we'll be doing Seagal over on the, the Patreon. And yeah, that's it from us tonight. All right. Goodbye. You heard it here first. Boo. Just out of curiosity, Kevin, when was this released in relation to Rocky and the Karate Kid? Just for no reason, just asking that. This came out the year I was born, 1988, Mm. whereas the Karate Kid is 1984. Mm. And of course, Rocky Balboa, the original Rocky, I should say, (laughs) that came to us... Way, way, that's 1976, I think. It, okay. It's a ways back. Are you coming to me saying that you believe that we have watched a derivative work on Cinema Swirl? Not necessarily. It's, oh, it's inspired. Come on. Come on. You watch this. With those two movies smushed together, isn't it? Basically. And then remember Mr. Miyagi, he'd say, wax on, wax off, and watch out for them Cobra Kai feckers because it's full contact at the Kumite this Sunday and you better not fucking fuck it up, all right? And then he's, he's like, whoa, Mr. Miyagi, what am I doing here in Hong Kong in the walled city of Kowloon? <laughs> I'm just oh. out here asking the questions, all right? When was it released? But we know now, 80, 88? 88. 88. Yeah. 88. So, my gut reaction, yeah. 
Is this a, a yeah and that you just acknowledge that a movie has come and gone? Because I'm getting the sense that your socks were not knocked off by JCVD and the gang here tonight. I'll tell you this, I don't have socks on. But the oh, speed at which they came on this in summer, then <laughs> that's a bad shout. I'm gonna leave it, you know, for a bit of tension, for a bit of narrative tension. I'm gonna leave my reaction at, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh, yes. I like this. I like this. I think there's been too many instances of you saying you don't like something and then me trying to like, convince you that you do. So now we're being like obtuse and I respect that. I respect that it's a mm. valid defense against my notorious presenting style. We opened up in Hong Kong mm. back in 88 as well. So this is when Hong Kong was, it was one of yours, wasn't it? No. Not me personally, but I see what you're saying. Yes. Your empire though, mate. Yeah. <laughs> What you make of that piece of business then? The ownership of Hong Kong by uh, Great Britain. Do you, you want to be doing this? Do you want to be doing this on that <laughs> little film, film podcast? <laughs> I just thought we'd get it out of the way, like in case there's any awkward chats that come up later. Um, I think the right thing to say here is not a fan of that. Glad things are where they are now. My theory, right? My theory is that mm. more people in Great Britain know that Hong Kong was a part of the empire than understand the situation with Northern Ireland vis-a-vis -vis being part of the United Kingdom. Well, That's my hot take. What I was just thinking then when you brought up the situation with Hong Kong and the, and the British Empire and all that kind of stuff was, I know in, in the past you've had your grievances with me, RE, Irish history and the relationship there. But just just know that it's it's stretched out to all sorts of other countries as well like bits of history that i just don't know well, about because i've not been taught Hong about the hongers aren't here to put the charge to you so i kind of okay. feel like i'm a representative on behalf of the aggrieved nations of this earth so i just thought i'd look guys i i tried all right i did my best to hold them to, to i want to speak truth to power and that means asking people who have incomplete knowledge about history awkward questions all right that's all it is now it, if i disagreed with ultimately what has happened in history i could say that it was all a load of Hong Kong fooey, but I can't say that, which is a real shame. But I wanted to know that I wanted to say it, but I don't agree with it per se. Hong Kong, does that have any kind of space in your mind other than the British Empire? Like, is that somewhere that's that you? Not, that's not the space in my mind that it occupies. No, it's, it's it's. But like Hong Kong, do you know anyone who's been there? Is there a place that you know much about? I'm fucking fascinated with Hong Kong, mate. I've not got much of a knowledge of Hong Kong or, or any kind of association really, other than the aforementioned fooey. So I've got two strong memories. Mm -hmm. Number one, my dad won a con test back in like 1990 i want to say three possibly mm. four and he thought he was winning luggage and he was actually winning an all expenses paid <laughs> trip to hong kong and from a very young age i learned the concept of fury because i was furious that i had to stay in a childminder's house as my mum and dad went, went on a trip of a lifetime to hong kong which as you can imagine to people from ireland in the early 90s it blew their fucking minds wide oh, open yeah, yeah. so i've always had this residual jealousy in the back of my mind about hong kong and having not been there yet secondly one time i got really really sick as a kid and i had the shits so bad i was up at five in the morning mm -hmm. and my mother took me downstairs and she was making me some flash seven up to drink because i needed to get some sugar in me and she put on channel four and there, sure it was hong kong fooey that was on uh -huh. and i said i've never seen this and mum said, yeah, there's all sorts of Hanna-Barbera cartoons from the 60s and 70s you've not seen. And that was a really great moment. It made me realise it was like the extended MCU had been unveiled to me, you know, vis-a-vis -vis Hong Kong Fooey. It was a gateway to the secret squirrels of the world is what I'm saying. I've been distracted this whole time. She was making flat 7-Up. Yes. Was she shaking up 
Seven Up. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, no, it would be poured into a glass and left to settle. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's not different to me when later on I found out the fast track to get flat Seven Up was to put a few spoons of sugar in there, make it go, whoa, and then you got right, flat then... Seven Up and diabetes all in one. Uh, that was the thing that just caught my attention and fascinated me there. Flat Seven Up. Is that good for, like, illness? It's weird because, like, I was watching The Sopranos the other day and, like, Tony mm. had the shits and they're like, oh, get him some Coca-Cola. I'm like, well, hang on a second now. Get those bubbles out of there first. <laughs> like, is it, I was led to believe that it was some sort of, like, nourishing property. I, I'm pretty sure my dad, who is a doctor, by the way, mm. and he was like, oh, because it's got no colouring in it, it's good for you and all that. <laughs> now, I have a funny feeling this is some clear. sort of a scam to get, like, whatever fizzy drink that you want. Oh, yeah, no. Look, if you come in here with the shits next week with an episode of Pepsi Swirl under your arm, mm. I will know something is up. Okay. Because Tony Soprano and my parents have, have really been getting this shit going for too long now. I want to have a special shout out at the start and ask you your thoughts and opinions mm. on the fucking soundtrack for Bloodsport. Oh, I mean, I love it in so much as it's it's good and bad at the same time. Do you know what I yes. mean? Yes. Like it's kind yes. of, it's good, it's crap, but it's good, you know. It's is is it yeah. the worst best soundtrack we've had or the best worst soundtrack that we've had? It doesn't stick out too much that it's like upsetting or stick out too much that you're like this is fucking great. So I don't know if it's like the best worst or worst best, but it's definitely got that flavor of like this is gross, but I really like it. It's not quite right. There's something not not fully there about it. It's like eating a bar of cooking chocolate. You yeah. know? It's it is it is a great chocolate experience, but I'm not yeah. gonna go to no fucking chocolatier and brag about it or anything no. like that. Like but me and the rest of the freaks <laughs> who eat cooking chocolate will be like <laughs> Did you ever have the, the white chocolate cooking chocolate? It's like a block of solid sweetened fat. I don't know. <laughs> it ain't dairy milk, that's what I'll say about the soundtrack, but I but I do enjoy it. I was obsessed all movie long because it said the start it was by Paul Herzog and I was like move over Werner I've got a new favourite Herzog and I looked up about him he's only done like this and one other Jean-Claude Van Damme movie right. and then he he just went and became a high school teacher and yeah. like I love the idea of the high school teachers like I ever told you kids about Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> that's a great story for a teacher to have I'd soundtracked these films now would you get on with your homework there now or he'll come in and give you one of them spin kicks huh now that's full contact this pop quiz let me tell you now what I don't want to write home about and have no need to is the fucking titles I thought with a film with the name like fucking Bloodsport you, and it's in the 80s it's coming out in the 80s oh boy are we going to have some cool titles and we don't it's just like Bloodsport it just like may as well have been like in Times New Roman just a Bloodsport there you go for some reason this movie in my mind and even though I'd already seen it before when I was a kid and very impressionable I yeah. do remember it would have been like when the video was brought round, it would have been under a layer of clothes in the rucksack you know this was not the thing this was I don't say it was a video nasty or anything no, no, but no. a movie called Bloodsport that was full front about being like it's, it's a full contact karate martial arts tournament I in my mind had this as a much more violent movie that it actually is I was going to ask your reaction to the level of violence in Bloodsport it's not massively violent I mean there's there's full contact fighting in it Kevin there are little moments of like 
oh, ah. But it's not like gory or especially super violent. It, there's like one or two gross bits, yeah, kinda. But it's not super yucky, at least not by my modern standards, where I've been exposed to all sorts of horrible things over the years. I'm just saying I shouldn't have had, you know, me and my brother shouldn't have had, you know, one finger over the sky digital button to press and just make it all go right, away. Yeah, 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 Aaron yeah. came through the door. It, it hardly felt like that. Particularly in the first opening montage here, where most of the action is taking place against things like ice, wood, coconuts. Nothing is safe. <laughs> I did love straight away that we do get those action sequences and we get slow-mo in a dojo as I wanted. Is That's what I was after. Slow motion of people punching ice. It's straight away. Oh. I noticed that the foley is kind of shit as well. Like, you know when people like punching ice and it, it just doesn't quite sound like it's there, you know. It's not quite as bad as Rocky, but then we have to remind ourselves it's 12 years after yes. that fact. And we've moved the dial up not 0.5 in terms of the quality of the sound effects of punching. I will say there's one thing that's definitely apparent even from this opening montage mm. i know you mentioned karate kid you mentioned rocky and there's obviously a great history of combat sports movies mm -hmm. in the 80s and all that and i mean jcvd had already been in the likes of no retreat no surrender before this but i can definitely see the influence that this movie particularly has had on you know street fighter tekken oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. king of fighters like those very much those games draw like even at the start there's lots of like people moving their arms in a sprite-like action when they're seeing people doing the special bonus stages yes 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 it, i definitely had street fighter in mind not just because there was jean-claude van damme but the idea of like a big fighting tournament where everyone comes together and they all have their different styles and they've all got different characters but they're all coming together for this tournament of honor you know to win in big an iron fisted tournament of some sort it felt like yes and i tell you what it, it, one thing this movie did provide me with was retrospective appreciation for the casting of jean-claude van damme in street fire as mm -hmm. all-american boy guile because there's obviously <laughs> see an influence there if not the appropriate accents look dialogue whatever else it is but there was the influence there and that yeah. was all right yeah it was a nice things coming full circle now Jean-Claude we get introduced to him pretty quickly and holy shit the dialogue is uh, stilted <laughs> and it's not just him it is not just him by any means there are some good good performances in this but whoa is it like you know an Ali McBeal would have got mad problematic at one point and they asked all the cast to like lose a stone so that the main actor would seem less thin by comparison like absolute monstrous behaviour yeah. by, by that production and everyone's like you know what JC he ain't got it all together here can y'all we'll all... up a little bit for us yeah. you know and help boost him by lowering yourselves I don't know don't lower yourselves to his level a bit below if you don't mind to make him rise lose a stone from your performance if you know what I'm saying, you know, just... <laughs> They literally took the weight out of their performance in this, is what they did. <laughs> I will say, though, handsome young man is Jean-Claude Van Damme, fresh-faced in 1988. Very handsome young man. I think that's undeniable. You take one look at him, you go, oh, there's a handsome young man. And uh, I enjoyed it as well, very much, to be reminded of our current times, because when we first meet JCVD, who's playing Frank Dux, who is a real-life person, and I'm more on that in a little bit, he reveals that he's going on furlough. Hey! Corona! <laughs> Oi! COVID! It was nice to hear a mention of furlough, you know, back before the COVID times. It still existed. 
Are you telling me I could have been on furlough since night, literally since the day I was born? <laughs> I could have been getting 80%? Oh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. So Jean Claude Van Damme's character, Frank Dukes, he's an army captain, but he's going. He's leaving to go to Hong Kong for a tournament. He literally runs away from his job. Yeah, <laughs> he just gets the fuck out of there. In this very thin plot to establish, like he's run away and he needs to be taken back. That's part of the plot line. It's just I'm a captain. I'm going away without leave. A wall, off I go, run, 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 run. But you can figure out though, like why now that they send people after him? Because you're back in the eighties, you'd watch that go, oh, he's leaving. But it's like, no, he's going on furlough. They're paying his fucking mail ticket. <laughs> and, Quit, like, get him. Yeah, yeah, right. He's not going to go to every Zoom meeting. You know, he's going to clock off after five p.m. or whatever. But yeah. he's gone to Hong Kong. It's not even on the green list. I've realised how I describe the dialogue and Foley early doors in this film. So the sound effects and the dialogue. It comes across like a very good, very well-made PlayStation 2 game. In terms of... <laughs> the, the timings are just slightly off. You know, like a, a Grand Theft Auto, the early ones where people were talking to each other, and the timing is just not quite there like a film. But it's it's close. It's close, and you can follow what's going on. But it, there's just something, again, slightly off about how it's this is directed. It's better than a Resident Evil, but not as good as a later GTA is what you're telling yes. me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like, what The I'd lip say. movements are impressive. They almost match the words that are being said. But, like, honestly, the graphics at the time, like, you're also expecting too much. Like, I don't know. I was watching this movie in performance mode. I don't know about you. Like, I was just wanting to make sure I got, you know, all of JC on the screen there, you know? Very well made PlayStation 2 game is what I would say for how this this feels. I need I need to bring it up and I, I have to bring it up early, I guess, because okay. there are so many little instances that need to be addressed, this being one of them, that I feel it'd be really kind of weird if I didn't. His Shidoshi is called Senzo Tanaka, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, Frank Ducks in real life alleged that he lived the life of this character okay. that Jean-Claude Van Damme portrays. He claimed to be 370 and oh thereabouts in martial arts fights. Mm -hmm. He claimed to take part in a secret underground full contact fighting tournament in Hong Kong called the Kumite. Yep. And he also claimed as well that he was trained in the ancient art of martial arts by a man called Senzo Tanaka, yep. who was literally legendary. Now, he also has claimed in his life that he worked undercover for the CIA, mm -hmm. that he foiled a plot to assassinate Steven Seagal, that <laughs> the... Okay. <laughs> that he worked undercover for the FBI, for special forces. He was in the army for around five or so years. And there has been a massive nonstop deluge of people coming out claiming that he's Mr. Stolen Valor, claiming that he was part of, you know, the CIA when he wasn't, or being part of Black Ops teams when he wasn't. Right. There's people saying that all the Kumite, it never existed, and it's impossible that it could have existed. Anyone who ever vouched for him, it's turned out was some guy that he was just mates with full of shit like him. And my favourite fact, follow on from last episode, is that Senzo Tanaka, the man he claimed who trained him, who he then later claimed that he had the death certificate of to prove that he actually existed, yet Yet he shared the same name as the ninja commander in an Ian Fleming James Bond novel. Ah, right. Which he countered, well, Ian Fleming based his characters on real life people though, didn't they? So this Frank, this Dukes fella, IRL, is a bit of a possibly not 
quite who he says he is? Is that what's going on? The issue with him is that he's such a bullshit artist that even if there is a grain of truth in there somewhere, and like he, he is a martial artist, he was in the army, he probably mm. did all sorts. But if we really think about it, he probably didn't lose the katana that he got for winning the tournament by giving it to pirates to free a boat of orphan children who later took those children away anyway in spite of his bartering who he then later on saved from that same boat i don't believe it's all true right i mean at the end of this film my mind was blown by the bit where it says based on a true story of this guy oh we were straight onto the controversy section of wikipedia (laughs) after that i was like he is to fuck come here now (laughs) i felt bad for jean-claude van damme that he's been kind of tainted by association almost right okay that's interesting to know because i didn't look it up but i thought oh that's interesting it's based on a real thing real life of a real man it's based on a real lie i know it's amazing <laughs> isn't it like like it, re- it was really made up how's, <laughs> how's about that like so frank is in the house of his shidoshi staring at a katana and we get flashbacks to baby jean claude <laughs> yeah back to when he looks completely different <laughs> this little boy i'm not sure what's worse jean claude having to do an american voice or just ignoring the attempt to do an american voice yeah. or this little boy being like i'm going into the house what kind of a deal oh bless him you know what i do like i do like the old-fashioned peer pressure and bullying you know the classic old-fashioned stuff you know hey frank you want to hang out with us you better do this crime what's the matter with you, you chicken steal no. this katana you fucking pussy <laughs> I love as well when the Shidoshi comes in and this who had my eyes out on stocks he shaved the brim of the hat off with the yes. katana that he was de-brimmed a very good him. He debrimmed him. Um, he, well, he got his little son to come in and just kick Frank in the chest first. That was very funny. And then the, the debrimming, fabulous stuff. But Frank doesn't flinch, so he's got the fighting spirit. Or he's got no fight or flight response. Like, you know, what are those? Yeah, like, that might know? actually be a disadvantage. He's probably <laughs> I was thinking, say it. mate, you should have flinched there because I used a sword like... to cut off the brim of your cap. Hey, look, if you flinched, you'd still have a sweet ball cap. Now you just got a weird fucking half bandana looking thing with no brim on it. So Frank, he immediately by this lad gets sort of recruited to be trained, even though he was burgling the house. He's now like, oh, you've got fighting spirit. I will train you. Also, you will train my son. We'll all be training Yeah, it, it was an interesting gambit that they sparked up here because they, they bring around Frank Dux's parents and they're like, you came here to America to grow wine with science. I came here to grow fish in my hatchery, but also I'm a wicked badass martial artist. My son's getting the fucking bollocks beaten out of him because unfortunately the type of combat skills that I teach are non-transferable into a school environment. Yep. So can your fucking beefcake of a son like rough up the lads who are beating up my kids and I'll beat him up in return, so I will. He does that neatly nestled in this metaphor about growing and training and how training is a way to grow through science, the science of martial and arts art is not a science like he called it martial science at one point i'm like mm. what the fuck now hey here's a question in the 80s and the 90s how many asian american households were broken into by punk kids thinking that they were going to be taught some sort of like fighting style and like let's get out of here what the fuck are you doing get out yeah, of here it sets a bad precedent really it really does like yeah. this guy with open arms he brings this child this fucking criminal into the fold and this guy's kid died at some point between Frank being a kid and Frank growing up into a 
older man. He died. He died at one point, and then he's like, you must continue to train me. And he's like, no, I'm not going to fucking train you. I've lost my son now. Oh, and just by the way, I had to do a whole other family. A whole other yeah. family. Yeah, and not like, oh, he's got, you know, a wife in every port. No, they died in Hiroshima. And he's like, I'm not doing this anymore. And then John's like, Arrow, would you come on? Don't be a fucking dick. And he's like, all right, yeah. Come oh, on, mate. Train me up. Your son's dead. I'm your new son. Train me up. And so he agrees. Third time's a charm, you know. <laughs> Third time's a charm with the sons, you know. I think this montage, which has got some serious fucking training in here, yeah. like beating up fish and serving tea blind. Jesus. Look, at this point in the film, I was cynical. I thought, what sort of skill is he really learning here by serving tea with a blindfold on? I don't understand what that is. I think that's just old Senzo having a bit of a piss take there. And be like, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll train you, mate. Just make some tea over there blindfolded i think he's just having him on go get some stripy paint you know get, get some of that mate <laughs> hey go get a sky hook for the dojo will you yeah yeah i mean i don't know there's something about being blindfolded with hot liquids there there's got to be a regulation against that somewhere in the martial arts code you know i mean i was figuring what are the things that we could do blindfolded i figured i might try to do this podcast blindfolded but then i wouldn't be able to read the script the script <laughs> This training montage, absolute grunt fest. Lots of... Oh, yeah. I love the idea of Jean-Claude being brought in to the sound studio Mm. to do voiceover on a slow-mo and grunts going... Because he didn't just grunt and they slowed it down. It's him grunting slowly. And they say he can't act. Come on. The man can grunt. I'll give him that. I will point out, just because if we're not having enough of a pop at Jean-Claude Van Damme for his acting, he was nominated for a Razzie in the year that this came out. Right. But he lost out to Ronald McDonald in Mac. <laughs> Oh, the, the actor Ronald McDonald. <laughs> yeah, a fucking clown took his award. Right. Can you believe no. it? Now, the way that Senzo teaches meditation is very extreme. Frank's sort of stretched out by ropes against some trees in a lot of Ooh. pain and has to learn to use his own power to break free. Nowadays, mate, you can just download an app and the app will give you some little breathing exercises and stuff like that, but they didn't have that back then. You had trees, you had ropes. That was what they had pre-iPhone. You have to do 9.99 though, to do that thing with the splits, like it's extra. <laughs> as far as I know. You know what? I'm going to say right now, I want to be able to do the splits. I just, I want to be able to do it, you know? Being an inflexible, non-exercising adult until I reached my mid-twenties made me think like, every episode of Cinema Swirl for the last 40 episodes, I've done cross-legged lads, right? right. And that was like the most mind-blowing thing to me in the world at one point. Now, I don't know, maybe I want to do the splits and podcast that way, you know? Oh, well, I've been doing the splits every episode for the last 30 episodes. I, I beg your pudding. I won't prove it to you, but just know that I have been. Fair um, enough, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, the arm splits I'm pretty good at now. They're, they're <laughs> out there, you know, pretty straight now as far as, you know, pretty good, you know? But Ooh, no, the I legs do don't want to play ball, you know? Have you tried? Uh, that's the thing. I've never tried. I've never tried and i figured i mean i don't know maybe we're gonna have to get joe to rig up like you know the ropes and stuff like that like yeah. like jc has here but i think that's a reasonable goal to so, look if you have done the split successfully tell me about your journey how it's happened cinemaswirl at gmail.com let's go on this journey together i did consider for a second they're trying to do the splits live on the podcast but then the problem would be i might actually injure myself and not be able to continue and i care too much about content to do that and it's also not in the script as well not no, it's, episode, it's not scripted so. i don't want to go off book yeah i mean so 
sorry, Sam, can you stop getting ahead of your arc? I've said this a hundred times. All right. So the training montage is, uh, well, training flashback, I guess, is completed. And he's now checking in with Senzo, who's in bed, looking all tired and all. Have you ever had a flashback that was that long? Like, you flashback, you think about, oh, God, remember when I was a kid? And then when I subsequently started training, and then I became an adult and did further... Tra- like, long I was expecting them to cut back to him, like, passed out, drooling, like he's fucking lost... You've lost a day now, John. That's what's happened. You've lost a day. It's a long flash. That's a lot of... I try to keep my flashbacks to 30 seconds or less because I'm worried about being trapped in one. You know, genuinely. I don't want to be trapped. I've got a proper stupid question. Is there any time limit on how much you can get... This doesn't make sense. Any time limit on how much information you can get in a memory over real time that that sentence doesn't work that is not a question um if i had one second can i imagine more than a second's worth of time oh right i see if you well that's the thing because i think your memories aren't necessarily going to follow the exact rules of time because yeah your memory could in its because your memories will be made up of like memories of sounds smells sights and all that and something that might take you like a minute to take in you know to look around and see all those things you probably have all those synapses fire at once so theoretically yes sort of compressed time in your memory if you're flashing back so basically, if you want, you know, I hear about people who play our podcast at double speed and it makes me fucking sick to my stomach. <laughs> like, absolutely, like, absolutely. Uh. I wish they would, like, count as negative one plays. That's how passionate I am about that. And would you not just listen to it and then you could remember it back faster? And it is this is the same then. I right, here's my feeling about two times speed or one point five times speed on podcasts, right? Or two timers as I like to call them. No good two timers. I think if you could do it, but the pitch increased as well. Like you were t- like you were going from a thirty-three to a forty-five on a record player and you had to listen to it all pitched up. I think then I'm happy for you to do that. If we sound a bit chipmunky, that's fun. But when it just does it and it doesn't yeah. do any of that. Just, and like, yeah. here's the thing, I understand a lot of American people do this by default because American podcasts tend to have uh, slower hosts and fucking air conditioning in the background. Well, we're here we are with our beautiful voices, all different cadences, two different countries, and we're hot. So that's how it's meant to be done. You don't know how tempted I will be to edit that bit where you slow down as the American. <laughs> it's going to be so hard to not edit that, to not cut out the silences. I'll, I'll put in a lot of work cutting out those silences so that the podcast runs smoothly. And then for you to two-time it, disrespectful. No, do what you want. Do what you want. I've had people message me before and ask me about help for podcasts and stuff like mm. that. And I've done some ad hoc consultancy. And the amount of times where someone's like, you know what, I want it to have a natural feel. I want to get rid of some of them ums and ahs and awkward silences. I'm like, yeah, get rid of a few though. There's a few, you know, yeah. Take some of them a few, out. like, yeah. you know. <laughs> Do you actually want to hear an actual conversation? It should be fucking horrible. No, otherwise you'd be spending time with your friends. That's what I'm saying. You know, exactly. if, you, if, if you wanted to have a chat, you'd be having a chat. You don't want a chat, you want something different. This ain't a chat. <laughs> Look, you come here for the effing, not the jeffing. That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> no jeffing here. So, uh, Frank's off. He's off to Hong Kong. He's going to Hong Kong to honour his teacher. Oh, this is such bullshit as well because he gets the katana from him, which is symbolic from Mm -hmm. his teacher. And his teacher says, remember, when you fight, my spirit fights with you. And like, I've been playing online games and I, all that shit all the time, or I get like beaten really quickly. And it's all because their fucking dead teacher's spirit (laughs) is with them. 
and that's why they beat me in like five minutes. That's not, not fair, fair, is it? No, you're not allowed to take someone's spirit with you. The dead shouldn't be online. I've said it before. Is he dead, Senzo? <laughs> I mean, he said my spirit well. be with you, and he was he was very unwell looking. So yeah. you know, I thought he might just be tired. It well, was... depends. What did what did Ian Fleming dictate was the fate of this man? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Hong Kong, while Frank's there now, but the professional wrestler recently released Braun Strowman is here. <laughs> I was bamboozled when I saw this lad. He plays Jackson. He's my favourite guy in this movie. Yeah, Always he's great. was from when I was a kid. He's just a big, dumb American idiot with a Harley Davidson headband. Mm. And I was scouring. He had to have been involved in wrestling in some capacity. I would have yes. even taken a small appearance in No Holes Barred, but no, he's not. He was, he's not not involved in wrestling he was in revenge of the nerds but not in wrestling he's the most wrestler looking person who is not a wrestler that yeah. i have ever seen i think i don't think there's anyone else i've seen who looks that much like a wrestler but has had no involvement in professional wrestling he even acts like a wrestler yeah he does he missed a trick he's got the body demeanor and charisma of a wrestler mm. And he runs circles around Jean-Claude in terms of acting. Not that that is, you know, very difficult, you know. But, but he really does. I do like the little sequence of Jean-Claude and this guy, Jackson, playing a karate video game together. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah. like, aren't you a little old for video games? And he's like, aren't you a little young for the Kumite? <laughs> Come I'm, just doing a bra- I'm just doing a Braun Strowman impression now. Like, yeah. Hey, look, I've got to fucking say it. I was in love with the setting here. I love old Hong Kong. Yes. I fucking adore Doris from playing Shenmue slash Shenmue 2 particularly Kowloon the Wall City this is one of the last things that was filmed in there before they demolished the entire thing this oh. beautiful ancient concrete walled city yeah. and they shot on location here it looks fucking awesome it does look awesome also a little, little surprise a very very young Forrest Whitaker is yes. here yes ah, there we go oh he's barely a shrubbery yet alone a forest um, here <laughs> Very good. Uh, very good. <laughs> so he's there with some other lads, and they're uh, are they top army brass trying to bring Frank back? I wrote them down in capital letters and in a special reg pen that they were collectively the man. The man. That thin plot of like, we gotta get Frank back to America, he's been naughty. That's all there is to it. That these are two lads who've got to get him back, but he doesn't want to come back. There it is! There it is the man! And I have to be very careful, right? Because when you're Irish, you have to be very careful with that because they go there is now the men that's great that's that's introducing a, a collective group of men right and they're welcomed and we're excited to see them but there it is now the man that's like no the man okay. has come here now so just be careful now with your plurals but your man there's your man is another thing entirely you know your man the man uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think i've got my head around it now and they've got a little a little guide to help them around Hong Kong and the, and the Kumite and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's like, look, I'm going to teach you all these different things so you don't get in trouble. And he's like, the triad are basically like the mafia. And that's the only thing he tells them. <laughs> cool. Cheers, mate. Thank you. <laughs> and they're, they're shown down some very grotty, dark corridors towards where the Kumite takes place. Literally exactly. This is in Shenmue 3. And right. probably no one's going to know what I'm talking about because everyone hated that game except for me. Yeah. But like the long walk down the corridor. It's very good because you didn't realise it. They were hiding a loading sequence there. They were rendering Jean-Claude's gi. Well, I was saying this sequence feels like it was built in the source engine, is what I would say about <laughs> this very boxy corridors type like, stuff. Don't judge until you've played it in VR, because that's how it's meant to be experienced. <laughs> you have to 
look around this alley you're like whoa I do really love how quickly Frank and Ray Jackson have become pals just through meeting in a bar hanging around waiting for the kumite they're now like bezzy mates it's the joy of meeting a westerner in a faraway foreign land yeah which I took to heart very early as a child because when I went to Japan mm. I thought well I'm a Westerner out here in Japan now. If I, if I meet a fellow Westerner, it's going to be great. And the one Westerner I did meet was this lad with two prostitutes. And he's like, hey, I'm looking to party. Do you know where Rapungi Hills is? And I'm like, no, but I know where you can get a mean fucking green tea McFlurry. And now we do a <laughs> podcast together. So, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> You've come a long way from the soap bar, Sam, that's all I'll say. <laughs> so the lads at the Kumite, are the kind of like bouncers, I guess, don't believe that Frank's from the Tanaka clan. Because, I mean, let's face it, in real life with Frank Dukes, he probably isn't. But, <laughs> it's not, uh, but uh, the, the, he wouldn't be in this situation because they're not going to be like, we don't believe that you're actually part of the Ninja Commando squad from Diamonds Are Forever, <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. Like, <laughs> he wouldn't be in this situation because there is no situation to be in. Also, he wouldn't be here because the Kumite does not exist. exist yeah never existed and fuck off if you think it did that's what they would say though innit that's what they would say if there was a kumite you're not supposed to know about it so maybe it does exist you gotta ask yourself right who's got the most to gain here on one hand you got frank ducks right who has a lot to gain obviously from the kumite existing on the other hand you've got the people who are there and the people who know fighting tournaments and the journalists and the historians who have all said that it did not exist and also could not have existed just because of the way things were in hong kong at the time who would you rather believe i've had enough of these so-called kumite experts i'm just saying at the end of it what they said to me was like Sorry, mate, are you a professional kumite fighter? And I said, no. And they said, well, you fucking should be. Because uh, <laughs> that was incredible, mate. So he's got to demonstrate the death touch to make him believe that he's a Tanaka clan. Whoa, on a first date? Okay. And so he, quite impressively, palms the fuck out of some bricks. And just and he goes, bap, bap, bap. Yeah. And the bricks are fucked up. He, he sends some sort of kind of like shockwave through them and yeah. he destroys the bottom brick, but not the top one. Mm. I'd love to try that if I wasn't afraid of hurting my hands on bricks. It's like the Newton's Cradle thing with bricks, you know? You gotta like work your way up to it. You can't, you can't go to a pile of bricks to get the bottom one. That's gotta, I, that seems advanced. <laughs> yeah. You know? I don't think I'll be trying it. Jackson, he's very, very cute. When he does that death touch, when Frank does it, and they say, we honour your invitation. And he says, no shit you honour his invitation. That was fucking cool. He's dead excited. He eats the bricks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Here they are now, the mans, the, man, the men, they are, they're in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. Well, is it well for some? Where are you going? Oh, two of us are going to Hong Kong because a charlatan of stolen valor has gone over to a made-up fighting <laughs> tournament. You know what we call that in teach? We call that a jolly is what it is. They've you know? gone on a jolly. They've gone on a little jolly. They're having a little Maybe jolly. Maybe that's where my dad was. My dad was going to confront some sort of rogue doctor <laughs> who'd entered the Kumite. The Midland Health Board needs you alive, ducks. We're introduced to the romantic interest of this film. <laughs> the romantic and interest, both of those words, that's, those are shared the load there of a very load-bearing sentence there. <laughs> Sorry, we're introduced to the only woman in the film, basically. She's an undercover reporter yes. who 
if this was real life, she'd be looking around with her notepad going, oh, there's no Kumite here. I guess I'll write an article about this. Like. All of this is bullshit. Some of the other competitors are being very gross with her. So Frank comes in to challenge oh, them. Is this Hussein, the asshole in a yeah. turban, who's definitely not from the Middle East? Mm, who Frank has issue with, doesn't like how they're treating her. So he real hustles him, doesn't he, Sam? He challenges him to a coin-grabbing contest for the right to the girl so as much as he doesn't like how weird and like gross and possessive they're being he's also saying if i can grab a coin out of your hand i can have her mate she's mine now yeah but you missed the gentleman's wink he did a wink which means that his misogyny was coming from a good place it's all right darling it's all right it's all (laughs) right right, sweet I'm going to gamble for your livelihoods. It's all right, sweetheart. And, and one of these lads describes him as the American shithead who makes tricks with bricks. And I do like that. I do oh. think that's a good tagline for a person. Well, that was actually Frank Ducks when he released his rap album later on. He was like, I do some tricks with fucking bricks. You know, that was his dopest rhyme. Under the stage name of the American shithead. <laughs> So he he wins the coin grabbing contest and says, "Looks like she's mine." And then he's like, "Ha ha ha! But can I have a date though? Seriously? Yes, yes. I will tell you about the kumite if we can go for dinner." Ah, I did write down at this point. When are they going to get to the kumite? <laughs> now. Now, you were saying at the start that oftentimes you know there's a lot of action movies where it's been bogged down with the chat. And yes. the, the exposition, all that. Now, to say that there's exposition, I mean, there's dialogue and there's <laughs> scenes. Were your feet itchy? I know you weren't wearing socks, but I should yeah. ask anyway. A little bit, but what I will say about this film is that it basically does all of its talking at uh, the start and then just moves out of the way to be like, and now some lads fighting. Here you go. Here you go, fellas. Enjoy yourselves. Knock yourself out. As far as I know, in this actual, you know, there are a lot of legitimate martial artists of Mm. various disciplines here, and it's probably not aged fabulously in the sense that you're probably going to see, even if you watch like wrestling or UFC or anything like that, you're going to see stuff of this nature, but, you know, a lot more bombastic, for lack of a better term. The Foley does work against it. For 88, though, ah! still like the the fight in this is pretty damn good the choreography is a lot better than you know i've watched a lot of shitty martial arts movies in my time yeah and the choreography here is legitimate like it is really fucking good we're doing a lot of video game talk here but you know when you up your stats on things and you have to choose Mm. to up stats on one thing and reduce them on another thing i think that you know regular film dialogue and that kind of you know plot things like that they've had to reduce that stat it's a very uneven pentagon is what you're telling me to boost up the martial arts stat which they've they're really quite good at all the fight choreography is pretty great during this as the first day of the kumite do you know the three rules in full contact the ways to win three ways to win yes first one you can win by knockout yes you can also win by tossing them out yeah by throwing them out of the ring and also you can win by making them quit which is (laughs) <laughs> the well, greatest way to quit of all time. They're not tapping out. No. They're not saying I quit. They've got a special buzzword. Now, I watched this with the subtitles on. So I saw the line before it was spoken, and it looked like the way to make them quit is to make your opponent quit by having them say mate. Now, it's pronounced <laughs> mate, but for a moment there, I thought that you would just be like, mate, and then that's it. You're out. You're if on you the say ground. mate. No, ma- mate, no. <laughs> Nice. They imply it's like saying uncle, which I never understood. Were you ever made to say uncle? No. It's an American thing, is it? Say uncle. Say uncle. Say uncle. Uncle. Say mullet football head. Say uncle. Say Why? uncle. 
No. Say uncle. I've said mate a few times. I'll tell you that. But I haven't said All uncle. All right, which uncle? Huh? <laughs> me Uncle Joe or me Uncle Derek? Huh? Your move, bully. Now, as we're watching the Kumite unfold and we're watching some fights, Frank and Jackson are sat there in, in the crowd and blood splatters out of someone's mouth, really in slow motion, very dramatic. Yeah. And he leans over and says, that's why they've called this film Bloodsport, kid. That's why the name <laughs> of the film is Bloodsport. <laughs> that's why it's that. Now, it's full contact. Blood is almost guaranteed. Mm. And, I want, and after the first fight where you've got, you know, some lad get, yeah, you know, he, he's smearing sauce all over the place. Yeah. And they show like a little boy frantically trying to clean the white mat. Now, lads, the Kumite, this is not our first rodeo here now, or our first Kumite for that matter. Yeah. He could have thought of a better colored mat unless... This is some sort of a big installation piece. The, no, the Kumite didn't exist. Frank Ducks is not full of shit, though, because what it is is it's just a big art project that is preceded by a fake fighting tournament to get the canvas, because it was very much like a big canvas at the end. Yeah, it did look like a piece of art with lots of with splatter on it. red and brown and reddish brown on it. Mmm. The blood that splattered out of the guy's mouth did look like raspberry sauce from an ice cream van. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. that, that colour blood. It, all of it had me fiending for some black pudding, though. You know? <laughs> I've not had it now in a few weeks, and I was just, like, on the mind, like, kind of activated, like, a, the stem of my brain, you know? <laughs> now, I know we've mentioned it already, but Ray Jackson, the big burly fella, he's up next against some little weedy lad. And he's so much like a wrestler. You know what he is? He's a galoot, isn't he? A big galoot. He's a big galoot, but he's so wrestly. He looks like a wrestler. He acts like he a wrestler. He plays to the crowd, just yeah. like, you know, quite like recently released wrestler Braun, Braun Strowman. Strowman. He does go and he goes, raw. There's even, like, he gets bloodied at one point, and him being bloodied is, like, the thing that makes him go into rage mode. He becomes unstoppable yeah. when he's bloodied. He gets even more aggressive, which, again, is very wrestling. It's so wrestling that in a wrestling game in the N64, you can actually set an option that if your character got bloodied, he got angry and started fighting more. You made me bleed my own blood. <laughs> now, Chong Lee is up next. Oh, Chong Lee, all man and a yard wide, let me yeah. tell you. He's the current champion, and he straight up killed a guy last time. So he's one to look out for. And he does fuck up his opponent pretty badly here. He does. Yeah. Chongers yeah. wins fast and easily. And mm. he does a celebratory jig afterwards as well. He does Lovely a little, little dance. Yeah, he can't be all bad. He's jigging. And he gets a new record. Yes. New record for Chong Lee. And then we get Frank in and he knocks out a guy even quicker. Breaks the world record. Knocks out a guy's gold tooth. It's Hussein from earlier. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got beef with him. The little cleaner lad nicks the gold tooth by the way he just he's like oh yeah i'm having that which is very cute perks of the job so yeah like new records and chong lee's not gonna be happy about that records newer records i always wondered how, how that works because like, if you break a world record of any kind yeah i'm assuming you come and you get the chat from from guinness or whoever it may be yeah now what happens now with the guinness world records with that situation there where the world record was broken and then very quickly thereafter it was broken again now the first guy broke a record yeah that's something that needs to be applauded but you can't go out and like give him fucking diddly squat and just give it to the new lad you're missing it then what's he get a pint mm. of guinness like what happens i don't know because i think the rule should be if your record gets beaten in a shorter period of time than it would take to whip up a certificate, you get nothing. <laughs> Figures. And the, Figures. the thing is, the people at Guinness have the world record fastest certificate printers <laughs> on their books. <laughs> 
So, you know, it's a really short window, but, you know, it's still got to print it out somehow. There's a special Kumite song yes. for the tournament. Fucking Paul Hartzog, yes, please. My body's ready, my heart's on fire, I'm going to push it over the wire. Kumite, Kumite, Kumite. Kumite. Fucking yes. Yeah. You know what? The Kumite may not have existed, but the music is so good, it is a place in my mind now, and that's fine. The real Kumite is... The song that we just heard there. <laughs> the exactly. You get all sorts in this. You get flips, you get kicks. A yeah. lot of shots to the dick. And mm. Dux is, uh, should be called Dicks because he's just hitting below the belt quite a lot. But I'm guessing that's all legal in full contact. Dick hitting is all fine in full contact blood sport. Is he just like, you know, a bit bi-curious and he really wants to touch a penis for the first time and the only way he can do it is go to Akumite and it's like, well, it's full contact, they can't stop me. You can't know. be the only way. <laughs> gotta be easier <laughs> way. You're the, the military! Way. Come on, for fuck's sake! So, Forrest Whitaker and his little mate, after this montage of fights, which is great, and it's a fun song, Forrest Whitaker and the other, you know, the man, the other man. They're the men. They're the, no, they are the man, collectively. No, they're mans. They're mans. They've caught up with Duke's and Forrest is saying to Jackson, just stay out of it, pal. It's none of your business. Hide your pal, dick, dick face. face. Yeah, dick I mean, face. Dick face. Brilliant stuff. Young Gordon Ramsay was paying attention to that one. <laughs> that is a Ramsay line, isn't it? Dick it is face. dick face. Yeah. Moldy old dick face. Jackson just tackles him and Frank just pegs it, makes a break for it. I love this because, you know, we got a lot of chases on Cinema Swirl with mm. a lot of, you know, running away montages. Yes. I'm not sure it's because Jean-Claude Van Damme just got lost at the moment, but he's got this lovely smile on him the whole time. He's, yeah, like, he's, he's happy to be running away. <laughs> he's got a, an air of mischief to him. He does. And more banging music. A straight, you know, banger after banger. We've got another lovely pop song, We'll Steal the Night or something like that. Oh my yeah. God. Yes, you will. Great. That music you will, for sure. And one of my favourite genres of things that happens is people falling in the water. So you can imagine how delighted I was when Forrest Whitaker and the other bloke are chased, chasing him across some boats. Over the little boats, yes! And they fall over and they're doing the waving the arms things, trying to try and balance uh, and Splash! Uh, it's funny. Look, they didn't get the guy they're after, but they got 250 quid from You've Been Framed. So who's the real winner? You know, I the mean, end of the right, day. you yeah. know? And in fairness, Jeremy Beadle has probably got just as much acclaim to fame to the Kumite as Frank Lux <laughs> does. So, you know... <laughs> That falling in the water was great. There's proper like spitting out water. You know that thing where you land in the water and then you come out and then you go and like water comes out of your mouth. A bit of that, bit of that, you know. I, I do appreciate that. No, it's a treat. No, because the idea of water from a city getting in my mouth or or mm. from the ocean is actually horrifying to me. Have you ever gotten sick in the sea? Because I have. Oh, oh, oh no. Well, you've been sick in the sea. I've been sick in the sea. Waters went in my mouth and I just straight up went Bleh. sick in the sea. Oh. But the only the only benefit of it is that when people see it, they assume it's like a Portuguese man of war or something. So they stay far away. <laughs> I, oh, something about sick in the sea has really upset me in a, in a kind oh, of because yeah. when it gets in there it like does the seawater like cures it straight away and it kind of makes it a solid thing you know oh jesus no i'm still convinced that's how they make fake vomit by the way well they <laughs> they just throw up in seawater and <laughs> kind of scoop it up oh yeah. this, this is deeply unpleasant i'm so sorry listeners but it's, so it's staying in now janice the reporter uh janice kent <laughs> She's at dinner. Oh, with... yeah, they got their hot days. We got there on the hot date. Hot day, baby. She really wants to get into that kumite. And then we cut to Janice waking up in bed. And I was like, oh, okay, is this. 
And cynically, I was like, is this how she's getting into the Kumite? But no, Frank's still like, I'm still not getting into the Kumite. I just, you know, we really like each other. We're having a lovely relationship. You could have one or two things, right? Mm. You could either get to the Kumite or you could see Jean-Claude Van Damme's bare ass. And you just saw his bare ass... And that's all you're getting, lady. I'm sorry. That was, and I don't think there's any other way to put this, an incredible shot of a man's bottom. Oh, yeah, it was was artistic. It was beautiful. Jesus Christ. uh, I I didn't think I could come into this with a new level of appreciation for Jean-Claude Van Damme because he's not at his most refined here. Probably his fighting is as pure as you're going to see in most movies. But yeah, it was literally another side. And that's probably (laughs) one of the reasons why you didn't get to see Steven Seagal here. That's why Steven Seagal has been banished behind the paywall. Yes. Because he's not going to show you a fucking squat. No. Because he's not been doing enough squats. That's why. <laughs> no. Look, if I had that sort of bum, I'd be showing it off all the time. She's not getting into the Kumite with Frank. He's got principles. He's not doing it. So there you go. I like as well, after he tells her that, then they play the romantic music. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I'm definitely not letting you into the secret Kumite. But not to be stopped, she has just snuck into the Kumite anyway by going on a date with She wore a different dress. That's yeah. like, it's so easy. Wore a different dress, snuck in with some other bloke who she must have agreed to go with and she's in it's not that difficult to get into the kumite is it no not really chongers in this uh, next montage he exposes the bone of his opponent which is the grossest thing that happens in this movie other than the sick thing i told you about earlier exposed bone will always be horrifying even when done badly with effects it's almost worse when it's done badly i think so yeah when so it just looks all i don't like an exposed bone you know what I think I'd rather see a dead body than an exposed bone of an alive person. You know, I, I, something about an exposed bone that's like otherworldly. I don't like I see an exposed bone in hmm. my mind for some reason goes straight to Arnold Schwarzenegger's head exploding on right. Total Recall. I hope I'm never faced with a choice between exposed bone or dead body, but it's tougher than you'd think to choose between them. Oh. I don't like being reminded that we have skeletons. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they're, yeah. they're scary bastards and I don't like knowing that there's one inside me. You know, like particularly Particularly if I would pick up a sword and shield, I'm like, hey, and then like I realise there's a skeleton inside of me holding a sword and a shield. I get very, very upset. Did you see the thing, and you'll know this, did you see the thing where the, the bones in this, you, you kind of forearm, they're yeah. twisty, they twist around each other, they kind of, yeah. they, uh, and they move back and forth. I don't like that, don't like any part of that. Don't like you know what, what's a horrible thing to do is to look at your hands as you do twiddly fingers. All sorts going on there. Uh, it's obsessing. It's like a no. colony of insects. It's horrible. I want to know nothing about them bones. No bone about it is my policy. I don't want to see no bones. <laughs> Look, Sam, I think well, you know what we want. We want to wear our hearts in our sleeves and our bones on our bodies. <laughs> we want exoskeletons is what it is we want. All right? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to show me bone, show me all the bone all the time. All right? Or show me no bone none of the time. Okay? You know this magician shit, like. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. Another thing about Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. He may have a nice ass, but he's got an even nicer vertical leap my goodness he's doing very well in these fights jumping up and down jumping around great stuff and there's a lot of stuff in here which i know we've mentioned wrestling already and it's probably no secret that i'm involved in the world of wrestling podcasting Mm. but there's like you know there there are i know that there is an annual show which is called blood sport that's on kind of in honor of this right and there were a lot of maneuvers that chongers was doing here that i suspect that wrestlers have looked at and went oh i have a bit of that where he's trapping the legs in that little bow and arrow and kicking them in the face and all that very good stuff i'm having that 
I'm having that. Yes, please. Yoink. There was a bit, then this reminded me a little bit of Indiana Jones, weirdly, where the music breaks for a second and as Frank's facing one dude and he, this is like before they've started fighting. It's a really tall lad. He seems really threatening, very scary, building it up. And then Frank, in no time at all, just boots him off the runway and he's done for. I do like that kind of thing where someone's built up as big and scary or impressive or whatever and then just gone. And he just kicks him out he's out would so. you have rathered it be more of a because you know everyone like seems to have i started when i was doing the notes like writing down the names of who was fighting who but it's so montage yeah. it almost kind of felt like surplus to requirements would you rather it have been presented as more of a round one fight and then you get to learn more about the characters and who's in the tournament or is this montage where interestingly as the fights progress jean-claude has less and less clothing <laughs> yes he does was that a better vehicle for the Bloodsport tournament? I think so, only because the film may have been bordering on above two hours if they'd have had time to yeah. flesh out all these characters. I think you get the best of both worlds. You get like a rough idea of, like, oh, well, all these people are fighting, it's this tournament. But if you had every single round progressing, it would just get a bit too much. I like the montage form. You know what you're saying? You liked when there's someone and they're all kind of built up and it's all hyped up and all that. Yeah. And then he just knocks them out really easily. Yeah. My favourite trope is when he just takes on increasingly large men because <laughs> there's this big, you know, big fucking oh, sumo lad that he takes guy. on. Yeah, yeah. Big fucker. He's, he absolutely dwarfs him and then he just slaps him in the tummy, does the splits, dick punch. Proper whacks him in the dick. And John claudes face when he's slapping someone in the tummy or punching them in the dick, it's very funny. He's got a very funny, like, <laughs> fun Aww. face. So yeah, the d- dick hitting is all legal in this, which I'm surprised about. No one's upset about that. But What does the spirit of his mentor say about that? Because he is with him here now. He's a second spiritually. He'd be like, yeah, all right. Mate, maybe I mean, you not, can do it if you want to. Maybe not right in the dick. Come on. Leave that sort of thing out. Maybe that's what he's saying. There's something is so hilarious about doing something as impressive as the splits. Yeah. And then following it up with punching someone in the <laughs> dick. Like, I promise you all, if I ever reach the point now where I can do the splits, yeah. I promise I won't use my newfound shortness to punch people in the nether regions. I can't promise that myself if I was going to learn to do the splits. <laughs> that's why I want to do it, to be honest. I think... Uh, <laughs> Because if you do the splits in front of someone, they're going to be so surprised and impressed that their guard They're not going to expect the punch then. Yeah, exactly. You can do whatever you want. Uh, So now it's Ray Jackson's time to shine. He's going to separate the men from the boys, or as the guide puts it, let's hope he doesn't separate your head from your body because he's up against old Chongers. The little whisper in the air beforehand from his buddy, from Frank Ducks, and he's like, if you want my opinion, you should stay away from his right leg. And I'm like, (laughs) why? Because he's going to kick you with it. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Not a bad fucking bit of advice. Yeah, just like. the tip, mate. Look at him there. He's like, what are you going to do? Walk on me? Oh, shit. What's he doing? Is this kicking? What's this? It's like he's punched me with his leg. Now, old Jackson, he's spending too much time showboating. He gets in some good licks early on and spends the time going around the ring, playing to the oh. crowd. Showboating. You, you say showboating and playing to the crowd, mm. but the little wrinkle of this that I absolutely adored is that Chong Lee and Ducks. They both get the crowd chanting for them. Right. And no one's really chanting for oh, Roy. But to... when Roy, he walks around and goes, Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. Yeah. Which is great. It's like anyone ever start trying to start a clap at a school talent show ever. It's like, it's we're not experiencing it the way you are. <laughs> this scene gave me proper, spoiler alert, Game of Thrones flashbacks to oh, really? Viper V... Ah, Mountain. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he was like, he'd got him down, so he's 
doing a bit of not showboating. Well, no, no, but... this is confusing because it's the big lad who gets his arse whipped then. Yes, but now it's the. <laughs> But basically, Jackson gets properly fucked up by Chong Lee and Imagine Franks. if that was the big fucking scary bit in Game of Thrones. Do you remember that episode when the mountain got brutalised? Oh my God. <laughs> by his smaller, more nimble opponents. Oh my God. But he is, he's really badly hurt. And Frank and Janice, they're really upset. I thought they'd kill him. I would have thought they'd kill him. What, for the for narrative purposes? Yeah. yeah. He hit him in the throat, which is how Chong Lee killed the man the year prior. He did it with a throat kick. He's too good of an actor and too good of a character to kill off, is what I would say. Don't kill him off. He'll be around for the sequel, which he is in, apparently. Oh, yes, and Jean-Claude is in none of the sequels. I really want to see Bloodsport 4, The Dark Kumite. I wonder what what Frank Ducks made that piece of business. Well, what it was was we went to the dark dimension because uh, Steven Seagal got kidnapped again. Would you believe it? (laughs) Now, Janice, the reporter is suddenly really not into this illegal fighting tournament that she wants to report on. Now that she's discovered that people get hurt in this full contact blood sport illegal fighting tournament. It's, it's after Jackson gets his Harley Davidson bandana stolen. She's like, oh, no, that's no. a step too oh, far. That's, that's, that's enough for me. Check, please. Thank you. And she goes to the cops, which again, we've both been re-watching Sopranos recently and the idea of anyone going to the cops, I I. I no, don't do it. I mean, in general, but you know, don't don't be doing that. Don't be going to the cop. Come on, that's not on that. Uh, we get more excellent music after the ratting out happens. Oh yes, a slow jam on the night bus is what we all want here. The lyrics are perfect. If you got any the lyrics free for my night bus jam, please. It hurts to know you failed the test, even yeah. when you tried your best. Wow. On my own, alone tonight. <laughs> So, I mean, you know what it is? Stuff. Herzog, he just plumbed them students from year nine that he has. You're all right, some, yeah. Got some poetry well, we'll, we'll, we'll get some poetry going, guys, yeah. And he's like, hey, 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 Jean and the gang will love this. That hurts to know you failed the test even when you tried your best was about the sats. So, yeah. <laughs> Now, final day of the Kumite. Here we go. Final day, Kumite, final round of fight. Who's there but the Politia? They're there. They say, no, you're not going in. We're super double Dutch serious this time. You're definitely not allowed to go into the Kumite. And they're super serious because they've got a taser with them, Sam. Yes, and in classic rock taser bin lid fashion, you know what always beats taser? It's bin lid. Obviously. Frank manages to deflect the tasers with a bin lid. And the man and the police just sort of give up at that point. They're just like, yeah, and we, okay. We see them later on. They're in the crowd yeah, having just, a whale of a time, which is a lovely little bit. I like that a lot. Because I think he says, look, I'm going to come back tomorrow after the tournament. You don't have to try and catch me. I'm coming. Enjoy your holiday, lads. I'm off to fight in the Kumite. So. You know what? I think more federal agents and the police could probably benefit from that. Of like, look, I understand it's your job. You're there to stop the crime. Yes. But would you not have a little go at the crime yourself first before you really commit to it? Yeah. They went in there to try and stop this man participating in the Kumite. Then they watched the Kumite and they had a great time. You know, if you went to the Crackton, have a little bit, just a little, just try it. Expand you your know? horizons or at least go and watch. You know, walk a mile in a murderer's shoes first before you you insist on locking him up for committing murder. Those were all in air quotes, by the way. (laughs) So, 
Frank's finally got there. He's a bit late for the last day of the Kumite because he's been held back by the bloody police and all that palaver, but he's there. In the semis, he's taken on Paco, who is the man who looked most impressive in the montages. Like, he looked like yes. the guy who they were relying on the most to do the coolest thing because he was all flips and fucking cool stances. Pretty much looked like Sagat, for lack of a better analogy. He had the shuffle of a Muay Thaiman. He did, and I can't argue with that at all. Frank's technique in this fight seems to be just going, blah! And also his special spin kick where he goes, yeah, hey, which is the opposite of hey, yeah, I've just realized. <laughs> like, I wonder if you play hey, yeah, backwards, you'll get like the grunts from uh, Bloodsport. Maybe you would. And he's shaking his leg like a Polaroid picture. I tell you that for nothing. Um, <laughs> Stay away from it. <laughs> Chong Lee, uh, big bad here, who is only, it's, it's kind of bad because he's just very good at fighting. That and the murder. That's, well, it's that's, murder, but in the context of this tournament, that's legal. Not legal. Is it legal? So we just so we all know now, in the grey area of when it is this tournament right to kill is, a, people, is illegal it, in the it, first place. It, in in Kumite, yeah, it's grand. Like if you die in Kumite, as far as Sam is concerned, you had a comment. That's all right. Yeah, so you've signed up for it. It's not a murder. You know what? If I die at the hands of someone else, and it may happen, I may yeah. be murdered someday, who's to say? I wouldn't mind that, but I would mind if after, immediately after I've murdered someone goes, you're next to someone else, as if to fucking, I've died, stop yeah. overshadowing me. Yeah. Give me a little moment and then you can move on and do your best, you know? Because he does fully murder this dude. You're next, so you are now. Uh, I wouldn't want to hear that, for, especially not from Chong Lee. Now, in the background, in the crowd, there's occasionally this high-pitched kind of bleep noise. Oh, I wondered if you... The, the fucking sounds like someone's not changed the batteries on their smoke alarm. And it happens yeah. every so often. And it, it, I thought it was a small, annoying Pokemon or something like that. What is that yeah. noise? Because that... Genuinely, I think that's dragged down the star wipe rating of this film because it was just <laughs> was bothering me so fucking much. I think what it was is they obviously got some sort of an ambient or stock crowd noise mm. that contained within it a little yelp. Bleep. And that was played on loop. And therefore you heard this yelp every, Bleep. I'd say, 40, 40, 50 seconds. <sighs> yeah. No, it Bleep. was awful. It was absolutely, oh, stop it now. I won't be able to sleep tonight. Bleep. And it, no! it, and it's why it, it doesn't happen at exact intervals. That's the thing. If it happens every, I don't know, 30 seconds, fine. But just when you, you get, get lulled into a false sense of security thinking the it's gone. The non-reliability of it, yeah. Fucking horrible. comes back. It's torture. Hated it. Hated that. <laughs> but that's not the main thrust of the film. For the final fight, mm. I noticed this happened earlier when we were doing our training montage when he was a boy, that the, the canvas they fought on had kind of a divot in the middle that it had bent. Yes. What is that? Why? That's a middle divot. It's going to do your back end if you sleep on that. <laughs> it's just for a bit of fun at the end. They just kind of, you know, change it up a bit. It's like someone's done the pull-out sofa. They're like, oh, don't worry, you can stay over. I've got the pull-out sofa. And then they start and you're left with that and they go, uh, here's some pillows and they go to bed. Like, oh, yeah. like, yeah. Now I'm going to figure out your fucking transformer here, am I? Come on. No instructions. Come on. And Chong Lei, warabastard, wearing Jackson's little Harley Davidson headband bandana thing on his leg to taunt This guy's Frank. probably, he's never even rode a fat hog, yet alone a Harley. No. And his last little thing 
he says before the fight is, you break my record, now I break you. He's obviously very upset about this record because he didn't get his Guinness certificate. Well, look, he's obviously upset, Sam, because he's the legend of the Kumite and all the people out here saying it doesn't exist and it's yeah. unreal. You know, that's really hard. Those records are hard to come by enough without people disputing the very existence of the whole thing. And Chung Lee, no one has ever come forth about stolen valor for Chung Lee at all. He, he no. is not claims to be something that he's not now he's just a murderer that's all <laughs> well we were arguing before about whether murder is legal in a full contact blood sport mm. now what i'm less sure about is whether jumping on the referee is all right you know the little guy who starts the fight is like uh, yeah, go. yeah you can't use him as a springboard you can't jump off the uh, off his back can you that can't be that's not fair game i mean murder it's fine it's full, that, not odd full contact you didn't not see it the but referee before... But before each fight, Chong Lee would go and he'd rub the face of every single person in the audience. Full contact. That's what it means. Full contact, you know? There is, I mean, that's very wrestling that, you know, someone hiding behind the referee or using the referee for an advantage. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of backflips, backwards kicks. Like Jean-Claude saves his most impressive kicks and jumps for the final fight, as Absolutely. you'd expect. Yeah. But another very wrestling thing is when Chong Lee has the mysterious powder that's like, wow, yeah, blinds Jean-Claude. He had a little pill in his pants before the fight started, and that little pill was dust. It throws it in Frank's eyes. Little did he know, all it would do was activate all the memories faster than real life, and before you know it, he was serving him tea. <laughs> there we go. And look, the slow-mo of Jean-Claude Van Damme's freaking out and screaming that he can't see anything is up there with Anthony McPartlin's performance of saying, I'm blind, Duncan, I'm blind. It's, it's really... <laughs> can't see shit and yeah he gets a flashback to his training when he did all the blindfold stuff and so he manages to spin kick the fuck out of chong lee while oh jeez you don't think that he killed his mentor's son by doing all these kicks when they did the blind training do you reckon i mean that would be a wild twist wouldn't it we don't find out that's how serious. the son died i don't think mm, that's why he wasn't invited back for the subsequent blood sports <laughs> the, the frank dukes killed the son so that he'd get training off the dad that oh <laughs> if you want to turn him into a villain that's a good way to do it I'm just saying, I don't trust Frank Ducks. He may have murdered his sensei's child. He could have done all sorts of stuff, that guy. We don't know. We don't know what he has done and what he hasn't done. And that's the exciting thing about his life story. <laughs> he beats Chong Lee. Down he goes. Oh, say it. Say it. Yeah. Say it. Say it. Oh, mate. mate. <laughs> oh, mate. No, please. I was only having a laugh. Oh, mate, come on. Even the man are happy, you know? They're happy with it. Yeah. And Jackson's in hospital. He's so proud of Frank. They're best pals, and they say they love each other, and it's cute. He says bye to Janice, the reporter. And um, The real romance in this was, was Jackson and Ducks, wasn't it? Mm. That was the real love in this movie. There's the actual love and affection movie. and romance there. Absolutely. Yeah. And he gets on the plane to go back with, you know, the lads, Forrest Whitaker and co. It's off he goes. And that's it at the end. It really feels like it's like, there's going to be more. We're going to be hearing more from Frank. This isn't the last we've seen of him and his little mate. No, it absolutely is. It is. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's and they done. do like a big flash of freeze frame. And that's the only reason why he went on about it was that they were so heavy handed at the end of being like, Frank Duck's is a real person and all of this is based on a true story it's all real so it is and he's undefeated and he's special forces and you better better believe he's gonna go and save Steven Seagal one time one time get him out of that jam fucking load of box <laughs> you big lion freak <laughs> tell you what 
I had a lot of fun with that film. Yeah, as you said. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, look, it's kind of crap, it's d- isn't it? It's dumb fun, isn't it? It's, it's bad, it is. Pretty much the definition. This feels like it's not shit enough to end up on Cinema Swill, but it's definitely in that zone, in that, that sort of film. But there's well, good look, stuff in Well, here's the thing, right? If, if there is any blowback in that regard, all mm. I'll say is this. One, it is a genuine cult movie. Oh, yeah, and people two, love it. Not only is it a cult movie, it was a box office success. It took in like 50 million or whatever it is. Like, it did really, really well. And it caused the star to rise of one Jean-Claude Van Damme, who it yeah. may surprise you to know, hasn't headlined many movies that made money at the box office in theatres. Right. This is one of the main ones. Time Cop's one of the others. That's why they were in the vote. Is he a very DVD fella? Oh, yeah. straight two. Right. I mean, in fairness, it was more of a straight to VHS for JC, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I will say, Sam, someday, I don't know where it would land, but I'd love to do JCVD with you. That's one of my all-time favourite movies. It features him playing a real version of himself, and it is phenomenal. Oh, wait, what? Oh, yeah, John, okay. Jean-Claude Van Damme playing himself. Oh. And no, not like Jack D and Lead Balloon, proper. <laughs> What didn't you enjoy about this? Because I know it's like obvious things like the acting is bad and it's a bit corny, but that's like, I felt if it didn't have those things, it took itself seriously, that it would, it would suck. Here's an important distinction here. It's not shit, it's crap, but it's fun, <laughs> right? It's yeah. a lot of fun. The things that are bad about it are all kind of technical things. Like the performances from Jean-Claude and a few other people are not great. Mm. The mm. direction of it is not really very the choreography of the fight scenes and the direction of them is great. You can see where they've paid less attention. I mean, so especially some of the flashback stuff with the kids looks yeah. proper fucking A-level media studies film. Like, it was... Like, those bits are naff, for lack of a better naff. term. Yeah, there was some naffness in this. And the music is naff, but it's the good kind of naff. It's a kind of guilty pleasure I'm naffness. I'm seeking this soundtrack out yeah. as soon as we finish yeah, up yeah, yeah. here. Like, that's how much I loved Paul Herzog here. So the interesting thing is that all the things that are bad about it, I didn't dislike it's not like i didn't enjoy them i still had fun with this movie but i can also see like obviously it's not the best and we're not we're we're not comparing films i'm not saying this has to be the best film in the entire world to get five star wipes or am i but you know it's not bad it's not bad it's fun it's fun technically it might have things wrong with you had a good time but i'm getting the sense that you're not going to come back to it which is kind Um, of how movies like this live and die i don't know but I, i seldom come back to films that we do for swirl anyway um <laughs> but it's one of those things where like, if it was on you can have the, you can absolutely have this on in the background because the plot is fucking paper thin it is basically just some lads doing some kicking and some slow-mo fighting and that's enough you know sometimes that's enough and i when i watched this i had a little bottle of cider halfway through had a little bottle of cider and i haven't really been drinking cider recently but i thought this is like a nice sit on the mm. sofa with a nice little beverage cider cinema is what it was yeah 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 i was drinking on the job and tell you what i enjoyed every moment of it i had oh, a fun time how about that well leave me in suspense no longer i heard frank duck say that he reviewed a movie on a podcast and he gave it a hundred star wipes but sam what are you gonna give blood sport with jean-claude van damme this is it's a bit of a tricky one here because i really enjoyed it but i can acknowledge that it's not the best thing in the world but it's a fun time so i'm giving blood sport three very solid star wipes you heard it here first yeah Oh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl is the way to go. 
If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at CinemaSwirl on Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash CinemaSwirl on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to CinemaSwirl at gmail.com. That's CinemaSwirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. Alright, we'll see you next time. Cheers, bye! You big lion freak. <laughs> Sorry, me saying you big lion freak activated my Google Home. Well, quite. Cancel. <laughs>